severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome to episode 115 of Just Get A Real Job podcast. I'm of course your host, Jamie McKinley, and thank you as always for tuning in. We have an absolute belter of an episode in story for you this week, as we are joined on the podcast once again by the wonderful Sean Fagan and Jack McLaughlin. Now one of the best things about doing this podcast is sometimes we get to have previous guests back on and we get to sort of talk to them about what they've been up to over the last few years, talk about their journeys, revisit their stories, etc. And it's been an amazing two years for these two, with Sean landing a main part in the new series of Boiling Point, which aired on BBC One last night. It's all available to watch on the iPlayer as well, there's a link to that underneath the show notes but I'm sure most of you have heard of Boiling Point the film was incredible but I've just had the pleasure of watching the first episode of it and it was so nice to see Sean in that and it's always lovely to just see people that have been on this podcast do well and Jack who of course is a very talented filmmaker talked about his uh, feature Kate and Jake last time he was on this podcast got to do the behind the scenes documentary for this series of Boiling Point so they were both involved in the show which is incredible Jack's also made a short film called Are You OK Since which will be doing the festival circuit so it's been a really amazing two years for them both they've also done some other great things in the last two years as well which we do talk about in this episode but obviously not going to get through it all in the intro but you know most importantly Jack and Sean are just good lads and it's really nice to see them both doing well and it was so lovely to just have them back on and have a chat and reflect on what we'd all been up to and last time they were on there was a lot of swearing, there was a lot of shenanigans in a good way but this time it was a bit calmer, we'd all grown up, We were, it was a bit more serious, a bit more serious in a good way obviously, I don't mean like it was all serious, there was still laughs had but it was just a really nice conversation, really insightful and uh, great to sort of talk to them about boiling point all the sort of goings on there mental health lots of other things we spoke about but it was a really lovely chat and very grateful to them both for coming back on as always we could have easily gone on even longer there's so much more i'd love to have asked them but we'll definitely have them back on at some point in the future oh also a very quick reminder that we are doing a live podcast this weekend at the hb film festival it's on at half 10 in the morning so i think tickets for it have actually sold out on that day but just on the off chance that if you're listening and are going to the festival be sure to come and see us at half ten on Sunday morning looking forward to that that will also be out as an episode in the next few weeks as well I've definitely rambled on long enough but without much further ado this is episode 115 of Just Get A Real Job with the brilliant Sean Fagan and Jack McLaughlin Jack and Sean how are you both it's so good to have you back on I think it was two years ago since we uh, last had John and it's been quite a journey for both of you but I don't know which one of you wants to go first but do you want to tell us about the last two years because it's been a whirlwind yeah I think Sean go as you start Laz well I, I feel like we both have haven't we because yeah. you know what's been been great about the last few years like a lot of the stuff that I've worked on like you've been a part of it as well yeah and I think I said on the podcast last time I was like it's it's a dream of mine to, to work with my mates and you know Get, and getting to do it on like those types of productions, and we've been able to do so like on Malpractice, which came out in April, and then Boiling Point, which you've done the behind the scenes for, and I was working on that as well. 
it's it's been mad and it all kind of started from from bud didn't it yeah so sean was in he was in malpractice it's like the opening scene wasn't it? the opening 10 minutes where he, yeah he played like a gunman and that but yeah we made buzz which was a short that we did two years ago in february and then i know phil and that phil Badantini, and showed them the short film and they really liked it and they were wanting to cast this gunman in malpractice and they got Sean in to do it. And I think Phil really loved working with Sean and Hannah did as well. And then very luckily, yeah, they cast him in Boiling Points as well, which is like great, great to see and great to see him working with the likes of Phil and that. Because, you know, Sean wants to kiss his ass in the podcast life, but he is a great actor, do you know what I mean? And it's always great to see other people in the industry recognise that and give him that light to shine and that, do you know what I mean? Your check's in the post, by the way, nice one, lad. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you know, it's lovely. I was saying to you both off air, I listened to our first podcast from two years ago, and Sean was talking about how he loved working with you, Jack, in that episode, and, like, you know, since you'd met, it was great to collaborate. So it's really nice to hear that, like, it was sort of your short film bud and his appearance in that that sort of helped lead to malpractice, which has now led to been in Boiling Point, which is obviously going to be on the BBC very shortly. And when it might even be out when this episode comes out as well, which is really exciting. So it's lovely that your sort of journeys are still connected and you're still working together. And that's really exciting. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. Because like, I think from when we first on board, I think we've worked on both Kate and Jake and also the most recent short film, Are You OK? as well. And then Jack was working on malpractice and then doing a behind-the-scenes documentary on Boiling Point. So we've literally just been working together all the time. But like as you said, like last time we were on, it is boss just to work with your mate. So it's it's I'm hoping that it just carries on and we can get the opportunities to do that because I know Jack's got a lot of scripts that we've looked at and we would love to make them yeah. if possible. There are a few. Also, as we were saying off air, totally devoid of any serotonin whatsoever, but that's what I love about Jack. <laughs> It's not like neatly packaged or it's not like sensationalized like some things that you get. It's a lot a lot of the stuff that he writes is just, just quite grand and down to earth. And also the way that Jack works is it's quite he's quite similar to Phil actually. It's like he puts a lot of trust in his actors and and he, he let he lets you like have the opportunity to try something fail or, or, let, or let's just throw throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks and what works and what doesn't. And for me, like I've I've only been working like pretty much the past year, but like that that is like your ideal way to work. Yeah, no, it's li- listen. There's so much to get through in this today and on our catch up, and it's not often I have people back on the podcast like this, and I love doing that because it's so nice to like reflect and to sort of look back and on the journey since we last spoke and stuff as well. And the other thing which is amazing is Kate and Jake, which Jack obviously directed, and you were in Sean and spoke about this. Last time as well, you were also telling me off air that that's going to be on Amazon Prime soon, which is amazing that that'll be out. So there'll be there'll be a link to that in the show notes if this comes out when that's you know due to come out, etc. And I know the trailers literally just dropped, so all these little threads still connect in that first episode, which is really cool. And the other thing I want to quickly mention, I'll stop being reflective as much. You've both talked about how much you loved Stephen Graham in the last podcast and how big an influence he was on you, and you both get, had the pleasure of now working with him on Boiling Point, which is amazing how how was that first of all yeah like i, I think uh, i do remember saying that last time it's it was it was weird like i i never felt any kind of sense of it being like like scary or or, or anything like that because i'm not just saying this because it's a podcast but everyone on that casting crew are just so sound and so lovely and so welcoming that it never once felt in any way daunting 
but like I'm not gonna lie, like I'm live in the makeup trailer and I turned to be left and Steve sat there. I'm like, wow, fucking hell, this is weird. This, like, you know what I mean? Like, and as you say, literally just talking about him like a few years ago as like an influence, and then fast forward a few years later, you get to share this space with someone who like made you want to get into the industry. I also haven't told them this either because I would <laughs> die of embarrassment. I did. I have told other people on 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 the cast, and they were like, oh, you should tell them you'd love that. And I was like, no. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but no, like I, sometimes I'd, I'd come in on my days off just to watch him work, with, and then some other actors as well. Like I'd, I'd come in just to watch them do some scenes on on, on my days off, just because I wanted to just like kind of soak up everything I could. And same from like a technical point of view, uh, point of view, like the the crew and that as well. Because I am relatively new to it, I just wanted to try and just learn as much as I could about it. But yeah, that that does stick out me. The, the one day coming into the trail and then just seeing the makeup trail and seeing Steve next to me, I was like, wow, this is fucking weird. Also, as well, by the way, I want to apologize for last time because I, I know you had to actually put a, like a swear count on the podcast. <laughs> and I literally said to myself, like, because I, I, I'll, I'll have to do press soon and I'm not allowed to swear. Obviously, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try and keep in like all the swear words, but like, I will try and limit them. And mum and dad, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sean, you're welcome to swear on this podcast, of course. I think I was just okay, impressed. Right, then. I was impressed last time at how much swearing there was, but we, we can give it a wee practice for the press run, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I'll try my best. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Jack, what has it been like for you, sort of? I know we'll get into Boiling Point as we go on properly. I, I, don't, I won't make his chat all about that right now. We'll get into the episode. But what has it been, sort of, what's it was like for you to be involved in Boiling Point with the documentary and, again, get to work with someone like Stephen, who you are a massive fan of and has been a big influence on you? I mean, it was it, it was just great from the offset, really. And like, like we said last time, you know, you see someone come from where you come from doing a great job. But just to echo what, Sean said, like, everyone on the set was so sound, and I think that is because Stephen was an exec producer on it, as well as an, as well as acting in it. And it wasn't just, I don't, you know, the credit just doesn't go to him, it goes to his wife, Hannah, and Phil, because yeah. they know how, they know how tough it is in the industry, especially coming from working class backgrounds and that. And yeah, it's just, it is, it, you know, it's surreal to work on something that he's in, but he's just like, you know, just a lovely fella, and he's, he loves giving people a chance and that, you know what I mean? And they like having people back and stuff. And, and yeah, really, just like what Sean said, they just create a great atmosphere on sets because there's some sets you go on where there isn't a great atmosphere and there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of an ego and all that. But on theirs, like, you know, what Phil and that do and Stephen, they don't, they don't have that on set, you know what I mean? And everyone, they respect everyone down to the runner, down to the caterer, whoever there is, everyone on that set is an equal and no one's mm. above any and that's a great trait to have and they had that on the feature film back in god three years ago now you know i remember that on the first day because that was the first time i worked with them on the feature which was three years ago i just remember on the first day he just came in and stephen was like look no one's above anyone you know we're all on the same playing fields you know let's just try and make something something great and i think that's that's a great way to work and sets an example then that people can follow do you know what i mean 100 percent, yeah and it's also like you're so right that having a good atmosphere on a set just makes it so much nicer to be on and like we, we don't have enough of it what it's industry-wide like i did a talk last week because i've been in this amazing film about neurodivergence and tv because i'm dyslexic and dyspraxic and we did this talk after we talked about what can the industry do to improve on access for disabled people and, and everyone working class people people from diverse backgrounds but for me one of the biggest problems is we don't stop and pause enough because 
get so caught up in it and we all love tv and film and creating stuff but it is just telly at the end of the day so people are more important than that and people get far too caught up and stressed and i know there's a lot of money involved but i do think we need to try and remember that we're all on the same team and everyone's as important as each other and just you know if you can bring that from the top down it's amazing so it's great to hear that the production was so nice to be on and it, it was yeah good fun that's amazing yeah you almost feel spoiled when you work on something that good, though, because it's like, you know, you know not every job's going to be like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think especially for Sean, because he's an actor, he probably, you know, I hope every job he has, it's a, it's a great job that he goes on. He <laughs> but you just don't know, do you know what I mean? But it's like, like Sean was saying, like, I, I learned a lot from Phil on boiling points of, like, how to, like, like what you were saying, I have a set that's good, that, that's, like, everyone's in a good mood. You know, it's like, what's the saying? You take the work seriously, but you don't take yourself seriously. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, 100%. You know, we are, we're, we're all there to work, you know what I mean, and, and achieve something. And there's only a certain number of hours that we can do it. But if you have a, you know, if you have a positive attitude and you, you do it, then everyone wants to be there and they'll probably work harder then as well. Yeah. And like you said, Jamie, it comes from the top. If you have a bad seed at the top, it's going to trickle down and everyone's going to be bad. So very, very lucky to work with people who are just nice people. Do you know what I mean? Just nice people, lad. Yeah. Oh, that's class. Jack, I, I want to quickly get into as well, since we last spoke, and I know obviously you talked about in the last podcast being a runner and, and you know, working in TV on the side of your own creative endeavours. What have you sort of been up to for the last few years in terms of like your own TV, you know, your sort of work in the industry? Like what sort of jobs have you been doing on the side of your creative projects? Um, well, I, think, I don't know if we spoke about it last time, but I did a bit of work with LA Productions. That was dailies which for those who don't know dailies is when you kind of just you do a few days here and there on the set kind of like whenever you need an extra pair of hands they'll call you up to come in so i did that with la productions i did a bit in the i think it was the art department which i actually enjoyed it was, it was quite good it was like it was just driving one of the cars that got used in in the show compulsion it was called and it was sound. I just sat in the car most of the day daily, and then you get the you get the call through on the radio. We need the car now, so you just drive it round, and then. <laughs> but then it was boss because it's like you know you show it sounds mad, but because that was like my responsibility, only I could like do things in the car. So like I had to show the actors like I was put the window down and stuff like that because that's like my department was was my department. So yeah, just done that, and then and then yeah, like the the boiling point documentary as well like you know that that was a, a quite a long shoot but it was enjoyable and then and then when, when that finished we did me and sean did another short film called are you okay so yeah it's just doing a few different things really yeah, i think with are you okay as well like uh, uh, since because when i worked on kate and jake i didn't know sarah wasn't from down south like i her accent just totally like threw me I, I didn't know she was a scouser and like when i watched the film back for the first time i was like she is like an unreal actor and I'd love to I'd love the chance to be able to work with her on something and I think we've been saying for like for years like oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to do something together we'll have to do something together I remember Jack coming to us one day with this script and I was like lad I, please let me do this with Sarah like, and then luckily he had us in mind for these parts anyway because she is honestly unreal like you could put it in any TV show or film and she would not be out of place whatsoever and I, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm made up. We all got to work together again because like on Kate and Jake, it was only two days, and the the character I played didn't really have much interaction with her. 
but when I watched when I watched the film back, you could you could just see there was something special there. I was like, yeah, I I I, I wanna I wanna do something with this person at some point. And luckily, we had the chance to do this film. Are you okay? Which was that <laughs> again. There's no serotonin whatsoever. <laughs> Dopamine levels are at all time low. But it's what what the film's talking about. It's 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 open ends enough that you can kind of come to your own conclusions about it as to what it's about. But there is like this underlying message of looking after the people who are closest to you and she making sure they're okay. But yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so happy with the way the film turned out, and I can't wait for people to see it. I think it's it's been entered into a few festivals now and we're just waiting to hear back about it and see what's going on. Yeah, I, I had the chance to watch the film before this interview because Kendley sent it over and I can confirm the serotonin was low. I did, no, it's really, it's a really lovely film. It's so similar to Bud in a lot of ways in terms of tone. I think mean, they're very different films, but again, very simple idea and using short the short form in such a clever way where it doesn't have to be all big and flashy. It's just like nice, simple premise, like really well done and really well acted. But let's talk about that a bit more detail. I mean, Jack, do you want to tell us what it means to you as the writer and the director of the film? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a short film called Are You OK? And kind of like the brief outline of it is about a brother and sister who are on an important journey and the car breaks down and the two of them have to confront some of these dark truths really and like there's a massive elephant in the room that they have to talk about i'll probably give like a spoiler warning here so if anyone hasn't watched it yet for when it comes out just a little spoiler warning (laughs) but basically the film is about sarah and sean play but the brother and sister, and Sarah is taking Sean to, we don't know whether it's a hospital or a walk-in or what, but he's basically going to get sections because we assume that he tried to take his own life, and on the way there, the car breaks down, and she's kind of thrown into a bit of a dilemma of what, of what to do, and that kind of came from research, really, because in the very first draft of the script, Hopefully, once once you've seen the film, it opens with her on the phone, and she's she's talking to the emergency services. But in the very first draft of the script, she was just talking to like the AA or the RAC, like a breakdown company. And then when she gets into the car, she says, "Oh, I was just on the phone to the AA." But my dad, who's an adult social worker, spoke to him about it, and he said that wasn't happen. What would happen is if he's a, if he's at risk and he's vulnerable, she would call emergency services whether it's the police or the ambulance to you know just the emergency services in general and then that kind of helped with i feel like the structure of the film and what's really going on for the audience because you'll see it at the start of the film on the phone to the emergency services she's she, you know and she's a bit panicked and that and worried about her brother but then when she gets into the car then she says that was you know the RAC company, the AA company breakdown, but and I think in Sean's performance you can see that he knows that she's lying to him, and it feel I, I mean we spoke about about it a bit before about the character, but it's almost like he's kind of been through this before, whether it's been through with his mom or what. It, you know, we spoke a bit about that about the backstory of the character, but this was like I imagine like the first time with his sister, and then like like what Sean said, really people we've you know we've we've shown it to. There's been a lot of conversations after that have been had after it, which is great. And that's what we wanted the film to do is to get, you know, to get people talking about topics that the film, you know, raises. But for, for me anyway, what it, it was really like, I because I don't like making films that are just about themes. It has to be about character. 
for me yeah. and the brother and sister that was me in it was like these two people like and, and a lot and how these two people are trying to cope with mental health really do you know what i mean yeah it's really i love that thing you said about you don't like to make films about themes it's about character and stuff it's really even with like such a short film as well like how much thought has gone into it and stuff sean did you enjoy playing that role again that like, you, you seem so natural to just do just a really natural performance for you I don't know about enjoy, um, but do you know what? I, I I tried to take it as, as serious as I could, and like I'm I'm still trying to figure out like how I want to work and stuff like that. And then I think I was like I don't want it to come across as like like pretentious or or anything like that. But I was like I'm just kind of I want to keep myself to myself away from these people who are on the crew and the cast who my, my mates. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I felt I felt a bit awkward, but I I was like I, I want to try and give them what it's about. Like I want to try and give this me all. So I was like I'm just gonna put myself in a frame of mind. Where I'm gonna try and get as close to the, the, this person as I can. But it, it it's always great working with Jack and his crew and and, and say it. But I think the yeah I couldn't say I enjoyed it. But no, I, I do I do love working with these people. I, I I'd hopefully get to do it again as well. But but yeah, I, I think it's just uh, it was just a heavy day to be honest with you. It was it was boss afterwards when we finished. But uh, yeah, it was and it sounds silly because it's obviously not real. But like I don't know, your mind treats it as if it is. And again, I hope that doesn't sound like pretentious in any way. But given what the film's about, I was like, I'm gonna make sure like I give it me all in this one. No, I think that's that's really not a normal thing that actors say all the time. It's like you're if you're putting you you're in that mindset, so it's almost like you know. I mean, I'm not an actor, so I, I don't understand. I guess, but it's kind of it's quite a heavy heavy thing to put yourself through I remember on the second series of Screw like the amazing Laura Checkley who plays Jackie in the show she's an incredible actor she is but she was doing a scene where she cried I think she, her character was crying and this episode's actually on the night we're recording and it's one of my favourite episodes of it that's what come to mind but she was crying so many times and did so many takes and afterwards she must have I was just thinking to myself she must be exhausted from this so she, she looked she's such a good actor that I could tell she'd thrown herself into it I mean she, she could have felt fine I could be just assuming but you know what I mean? Like I just you see that and you you do think, wow, that must take it out of you. But I don't think it does sound pretentious at all. Could understand why that would feel that way. Yeah, I, I get I get what you mean. Yeah, it's just like maybe she is just that good and she could literally just turn her on, turn her off, like a, a whim. But yeah, as I say, because I'm still relatively new to it, I'm just trying to figure out like what's the best way to to do my job essentially. So I I have been just trying different things on my recent jobs and just just seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. To be honest with you. Yeah. No, that that's all really interesting. And I, I kinda wanna go into more detail on that and we'll get to that when we come to our sort of big chat about boiling point and your sort of amazing trajectory over the last year. But I actually wanted to ask another question to you, Jack, about making the short film, because a lot of people listening want to get into being filmmakers and making films themselves. And, you know, it's a really hard industry to get your head around. But obviously you make films on quite low budgets and in your own time on, on top of work and stuff. But how do you go about getting a short off the ground like this? I think with Are You OK? It was kind of like, because it's all set in one location, really. And it's just set in a car. So I feel like, Whenever I try to do shorts, I think one, I try and keep them as brief as possible because I remember once I got told, you know, if your short is 20 minutes long, it's too long for the short, you know? I mean, it works unless you're like, for example, like Pedro Almodovar, he's just done a 30 minute short film, but he's Pedro Almodovar, you know what I mean? He's established in the industry and stuff, so he can do that. Whereas when you're starting out, you know, you, you can't really because, you know, if you're doing... 20 minute short film it's really hard for that to get into a festival because there could be like other short films that could 
pad out that runtime of, of 20 minutes, you know. But I think for me, it's just keep it simple and just try and keep it as simple as possible, really, I'd say. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's people who write short films that are quite ambitious and they want, like, a lot of money for it and that. And I think, if anything, I'd just say try and try and scale it back. I mean, we talked about, me and Sean talked about it the other day, like, when, you know, like, I applied for the BFI Network funding for a short film that I wrote and we, I didn't get it, but that's fine. You win some, you lose some. But, you know, I saw people on Twitter, like, saying, oh, like, I didn't get the funding. You know, I won't name names, but, like, and I don't mean to sound like a bit of a, bit of a dick but a lot of the time it feels like oh what was me with some short filmmakers and i just think because i come from a like just do it yourself mm. attitude anyway if you think you can make that film with your pals on a weekend go and do it you know what i mean like what have you what have you got to lose you know and yeah i, I just say that really i've just said a really long-winded way of saying just keep it simple but i think that that is it it's just just try and keep it simple as possible and short as possible and you know, if it's something you're really passionate about, whether it's a subject matter or a character, because a lot of the, a lot of the stuff in my work's about like, you know, about mental health, really. Like, are you okay? Is about mental health. I did a short before, are you okay? Called Dead Boys, which was like, you know, which is like me coming to terms with the death of like a friend of mine's suicide. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, if you pour yourself into the work and and you can do it in a short amount of time, then go for it and keep it simple. I'd say yeah, that's yeah. Probably, yeah. No, it's really interesting answer, and I agree. Like uh, I think you said last time, like don't try and pitch films all set on spaceships all the time because no one's going to yeah. pick it up. Obviously, I think you can do that if you're really clever and the script's good enough, but I'd say that to young writers all the time. I might do think about the sort of things you're writing, especially if you're a first-time writer. Like You can have an amazing spec script about a spaceship, but maybe also have in your back pocket some ideas that are very budget-friendly and makeable, especially at the moment in the industry is a bit of a weird place and the cost-of-living crisis, etc. You know, we do need it. We're sort of all having to improvise a bit and do a bit more DIY so Sort of thing which is a shame that the arts doesn't have the funding it needs but that's a total different conversation but i appreciate your answer thanks Jack. yeah yeah no worries this feels really calm this this time round. i feel like last time we were all a bit more like maybe we'd all growing and we're all a bit more like thoughtful yeah. of what we can and can't say there was a lot of tory bashing last time and swearing and and talking over each other but in a, in a good way it's nice to see the growth we'd all done though yeah Gotta grow up sometime, haven't you? <laughs> and Sean's on first name terms now with Stephen Graham. He's calling him Stephen everything, so it's a pretty soon it was proper. What a three sixty we'd all done, amazing. I yeah. think what that was, to be fair, right? Because there was that many Steves and Stevens on the set, we had to just like name each different one. So I, I called Stephen Graham Steve, Stevie or the Bola, Steve Mac, Steve McMillan, and then Stephen Og as well. I called him Og. It was just too many stees. Just, just, it was just a way to differentiate everyone. No, that's class. I wanted to also before we we'll go before we go into a sort of main chat about boiling point. Sean, obviously you'd done you'd done malpractice before it. You'd you know sort of last year you'd been acting a lot more regularly and getting these roles and things. But I remember last time we recorded this podcast, and even a bit after it, you were still working in the pub and stuff. Obviously, this podcast is for people that are working. A lot of people are still working jobs they maybe don't want to do forever, and they're they're trying to break into this industry and stuff. But What's it sort of been like for you shifting your mindset away from that into sort of being able to do this a bit more full time and to be able to actually make a proper career out of acting and stuff? Well, I think at the time I was working in the pub on an office job of the morning and like I, I would so I'd leave at like eight in the morning. I'd work from nine till two 
get a bus straight to town, work in pub jobs, my four to half eleven, go home and do like audition tapes. And I'll be honest with you, Jamie, that, that got to a point where that wasn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up leaving the pub job because it, it, I'll be honest with you, mate, it had, it had an effect on me mental health. I was just, I was just burned out because the way I used to do tapes as well, I, I'd do like 70 or 80 takes them like until I was happy with it. But now I just kind of let it go. But like at the time it was just, you sometimes you wouldn't finish like four in the morning then you gotta get back up again like a few hours later but in, in terms of of doing both at the same time i wouldn't necessarily recommend like putting yourself out just just to do it like because i think looking after yourself is paramount do you know what i mean and that that's when you'll be able to to to, to kind of give you give yourself over to it as, as much as as much as you can because if you're burned out or, or you know your mental health's not at a great place then that could affect the work you're doing do you know what i mean but i think as well just just to like to persevere because there's a lot of rejection and especially now with, with like the state the industries and i think these jobs are becoming a lot more hard to come by but if it's something that you want to do like just just keep going for it do you know what i mean because I, I think i i, I looked at like me submissions from like one of my first agents and i think i got put up for life it must have been like two and a half thousand jobs out of those two and a half thousand jobs i think i taped or auditioned for about 400 and then out of all of them i think i got two so do you know what i mean that's that's a lot of knockbacks but like it's it, it has been something i've wanted to do for a while and, and try and make a career out of so obviously it's hard you know when you do get the no like because a, a lot of the time you, you can get these people who are like it's like, it's like a toxic positivity and that, that can be to your own detriment like it's mm. it's fine it's it is fine to fail but like just just feel what you're feeling for a few days and then, and then move on but like yeah. if, if you get if you're getting the opportunity to to like tape for these things or audition for these things or, or even other jobs like if you're going in for a meeting about a directing job or, or if you're going in about about writing this, like a, a spec script for someone or whatever it is the, the fact they've got you in the first place means they think there's something in you to to, yeah. to solve their problem do you know what I mean but yeah it, it, it is it is a tough industry I'm not going to lie I've been very 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 fortunate but it, I, I do say this to, to people I know like it, it is if it's something you want to do just keep going I mean you're being very humble as well but saying you've been fortunate because you've also worked very very hard to get yourself in the position you're in now too so something I'm guilty for is also saying that too much and I'm like no it's also hard work as well but I know as working class lads it feels weird saying that so we can't say <laughs> that about yourself which is a nice thing as well but I wanted to pick up what you just said about toxic positivity I've never heard that word before and I think it's a what a brilliant word to describe something that's, that happens far too much in the industry like I think there's a common practice where because we all love working in this industry well, I hope we do still love it, but and being part of it, I think often there's a sort of idea that you're lucky to be here and you should appreciate it and be grateful. But I think that sometimes using the excuse to paper over some of the things that aren't working in this industry aren't good enough. Or like you say, when people are actors and or even any job and they get rejected, it's this sort of like you need to just keep going and be happy. And you know, I think you're right. Like you have to feel it, and you can't always be happy and positive about stuff all the time. So it's just finding the sort of balance of it. So it's a great word. I'm going to start using that toxic positivity. Thank no worries, mate. I, I didn't. I didn't coin the phrase. To be honest, with you. I have seen someone else say this before. But now I, I think. I think it's like with anything, you, you should like process like what you're going through. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't really like repress it or, or push it down or just try and put this like brave face on because eventually that'll that'll come back out. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's fine. It's fine to fail. Like or it's but it's not even fail. Do you know what I mean? Because if 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 you've been in the opportunity to to go in for them jobs, like as like as as daft as it might sound, that's a win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's it's. It's a great thing, and then obviously it's nice if you get the job. But like, but yeah, I think if if you if you've been in the room for for whatever job it may be, I think that in itself is a win, and you need to take those positives out of it because if you if you concentrate on the negatives too much, 
again, that can that can put you at a disadvantage, like uh, mentally as well. For sure. No, it's it's so true. It's so true. Hello, it's Jamie here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. Just on the mental health point, because I actually had a question for you so I was going to ask towards the end, but I wanted to ask it now because we're on that. How do you both in this mental industry that we decided to work in protect your sort of mental health, especially with this long hours and the rejection and the fast paced nature, etc.? I think when you get home, you just, I don't know, like I just, you just wind down, whether it's like listening to music or, you know, just watching a podcast or listen to a podcast i feel like you just, you just have to find something to wind down do you know what i mean especially if it's been like a tough day but then i don't know sometimes i think like for me anyway i just kind of remind myself how lucky it is to be doing what i'm doing you know because i'd rather have a hard day at a job that i love doing than an hard day at a job i hate doing mm. You know, you think of like, you know, think like doctors and nurses working like 12 hours, sometimes 24 hour shifts, you know, it's like, and the stuff they must see, do you know what I mean? And like, they, you know, they probably have a hard time with, with their mental health. In fact, I know they do, do you know what I mean? They, they have a hard time with it and stuff. And, you know, not to sound like facetious or anything, but like we're making make believe, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I know it can be hard, but as I said, if you love it, I feel like for me, I just learned to think of like, how lucky I am to be doing it, what I love doing, you know? Kind of how I feel a bit, like, I mean, it might that might be a bit, like, I don't know, it might be a bit cynical, but I don't know, but that's just kind of the way that I see it, like, you know? And it's also, you know, personal to everyone. Everyone has their own unique coping strategy that some things won't work for people and some things will, but I think that sort of goes back into the thing I was saying earlier as well, that, it, like, just reminding yourself for a moment, we are just making something that's not real, so as much as I care about this and want to do a good job, especially when there's budgets involved and stuff, you just, I think even having that thought, because I mean, I used to work in adult care. I think I still did work in adult care when I last had you on actually, which is crazy. But sometimes I remind myself, I'm like, get over yourself, Jimmy. There's no, the stress that you're feeling now, it's not life or death stakes. So just as much as we care, just that's something I always tried to remind myself. So I think I relate to a lot of what you're just saying there, Jack. Sean, do you have a sort of way that you protect your mental health, etc.? I think just to touch on what you about said there, I think regardless of the job that you've got, I think if if you are feeling any sense of stress or or if your mental health is impacted, it is still relative to you as well. Do you know what I mean? So you don't ever have to think, oh well, I'm in a, I'm in a really good job here, so like I I shouldn't 
try and like concentrate on myself, do you know what I mean? Because like that can be bad for you. But I think speaking for me, like from my own job, like as an actor, like especially on these types of environments, like you're looked after to no end, do you know what I mean? To the point where you, you, you I've said this to everyone, like you feel a bit, a bit scummy, do you know what I mean? Because like, oh, can I put this umbrella over you while it's raining? And I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather get wet. You know what I mean? I get why I get why they do it. Like, I I remember just saying to to one of the one of the workers, Luke. I was like, "Lad, can you just point out whoever is in charge or whoever sees you doing this job?" And I will tell them that you just because they do they, they do an amazing job. But I was like, "I I, I feel wrong." <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, but yeah, I think you you still can feel things that impact your mental health because it, it it doesn't it doesn't come in any any particular way. It can affect anyone. Do you know what I mean? So I think it is still good to be conscious of no matter what level of, of like job that you're doing. It, mm. It's still good to look after your own mental health as well. But like for me, I've got like a good group of, of mates around me and my family, my girlfriend, like so it, who I can talk to about stuff if I need to. But in in terms of like of, of this job, like do do some days it was hard, like in terms of mentally taxing. But I think if you open to people and you, you tell them what's going on, it, it'll help you massively. Do you know what I mean? Mm. No, for sure talking and sharing the problems obviously again everyone's different but it makes such a difference having that especially for men like you know obviously suicide being the biggest killer for i think is it men under the age of 40 i could be wrong in the statistic i know it's under an age of something i think it's not enough people talk about things and i think one of the reasons i love doing this podcast is i get to have conversations like this and show that it's totally fine for guys especially to have these sort of conversations and for anyone obviously for girls as well yeah i just think not to generalize but i do think most of the women in my life are more emotionally intelligent than the majority of the men I know, and I think that that it, I think that is like a proven thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, yeah, very good point raised again. Thank you both. Well, let's come to boiling point. Obviously, we teased it the entire episode. I know you can't sort of tell us everything because both of you obviously have to keep you know BBC secrets, etc. And I work for the BBC. I understand how all that works, etc. But. Do you want to firstly, Sean, tell us about what it meant getting the role? Obviously, we touched on malpractice and how that sort of got you a relationship with Phil, etc. And obviously from him seeing Jack's film Bud and, and all that stuff. But what, what was it like getting the role and how did that all come about? So it was just before Christmas. I'd done an audition for this new character in the show called Bolton. who's this scouse meat chef who works in the kitchen with Carly. If you've seen the film, she's Andy's sous chef and she's gone to create her own restaurant in Dalston. So I, I get I get this through. I am um, we make Carly up some tape for it. I'm happy with it. I send it off and then I think that's that's it. Then you, you're not gonna get this, you know what I mean? Because it's 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 boiling points, you know what I mean? And then I think it must have been about three or four weeks of like of not hearing back. And usually when you go for something, that that is the case. Like either you hear back or you don't. And when I say you hear back, it means usually you've got it because like it's either you hear back to say you've got it, or nine times out of ten you just never hear back. Which is I I get why that is as well because I know I know some actors like are quite upset about it because they've taken the time to to do the auditions and I do get that. But I think when you're seeing that amount of people, it is it is possibly hard to to notify everyone. But uh, yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was curtains to be honest with you. And then I remember like I'm I'm in my room watching I was watching Liverpool play Wolves in the FA Cup, and I get I get a call off Hannah Walters, and I was like, oh, <laughs> what's going on here? She was like, are you ready? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But like, oh, there might be like a small character for you in season two or something. Like, I was like, oh, thinking that's what it was going to be, and then. Sure, you got the part, and I was like, me, me, mind was blown, like, like genuinely, it was mad, like, because I was never, never expecting it. 
and then I, <laughs> I felt my heart like just beating out of my chest because Hannah's been very, very supportive of me as well as Phil from when she's first seen both and then I work with her in malpractice. Like, here and Phil and Steve have championed me to no end and I'll always yeah. be massively grateful to them but yeah like it's, it's it still doesn't feel like it's real do you know what i mean like i, I went and done the job i'm going to watch it tomorrow with a screening but it still doesn't it still doesn't feel like it's real it's madness mate yeah oh man well i'll tell you as well i remember because i messaged you as soon as i saw it on instagram but I, I was in the screw office and it was when the press announcement came out for boiling point and it, i saw you on it and i thought no fucking way it's like Sean, that's incredible. Because um, I, I knew you'd like we're going to be in mom practice and all that, and then because obviously from keeping up on socials and things. And I genuinely remember being in the office, just being so chuffed, and everyone was like, "What is it, mate?" And I was obviously not to put you down at all, but they were like, "Sean, who?" Like they didn't know what yeah, you were doing about. Yeah. And I was like, I explained, I was like, "Oh, it's this 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 lad I had on the podcast like a couple of years ago, and you know he'd made this amazing short film with this other guy called like Jack and that, and like." You know, it's amazing to just see someone you'd had on and just had a chat with doing well. And it was just, I was just remember being like so chuffed. And then when you t- obviously told me that Jack was involved in the documentary and stuff. So I was like, this is unbelievable. So yeah, it's really good. special to have you back on. And I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your arses, but it's amazing to see. So well deserved. So that's oh, nice one, mate. sharing the story. Also, oh, a nice one, bro. And it, it's because I've, I've, I've been listening to, to your episodes like throughout the years as well. And like, I'm I'm made up the bad's back as well to be honest with you because like I feel like the conversations that you have with people are like they're just proper insightful and they're, they're all from like different walks like of life and different parts of the industry like like mm-hmm. that fella that one who's like literally just been in the entertainment industry for about seventy years yeah 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 and then, amazing Marvin I was like, I, like his story was incredible and then the, the two producers from were they from Canada or America America yeah uh, yeah America. yeah like just just hearing how, how they navigated the industry as women like being producers or like that's why I was made up like that we had the opportunity to come back on again because I feel like the, the the type of conversation that you have is just like quite insightful as well do you know what I mean yeah no I'm of course I'm be, be, your ass now yeah I appreciate it no thank you for for continuing to listen well unless I'll be I'll be lucky to get you back whatever I get it there's a way that your careers are going so come on any time I'll come on any <laughs> no I, I want to give Jack a bit of time to talk about his role as well. We'll come back to it. I've got more questions on this. But Jack, tell us about the sort of documentary you did for Boiling Point. Obviously, I know you had worked on the film already. A, a part of the, were you part of the crew or were you an assistant on the film? Yeah, I was um, Yeah, I was Phil's assistant on the film, yeah. Amazing. To get to see it come back for a show as well, that must be quite special for you because you obviously have a particular attachment to it. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, even the short film when it was a short, me and my mum were extras in it. So I was, so, yeah, it's been a weird day yeah. being, like, an extra in the short, Phil's assistant on the feature, and then doing mm. a behind-the-scenes documentary for the series. No, yeah, kind of, like, similar to the show, really. I mean, I was in ours watching The North Water. I don't know if you've seen that. It was, like, yeah. a BBC miniseries, really great series. It had, like, Jack O'Connell in it, but it had Steve in it as well. Man and Sean's mate Steve McMillan. I was just watching that, and then I got a got a text off Stephen saying you're about for a call tomorrow, and I was like, it's weird. I'm watching him on the telly. <laughs> he just text me, you know. And then yeah, <laughs> he, he phoned me up the next day, and he said, he said, you know, we're doing Boiling Point the series. I said, yeah, yeah. And he said they basically they want to do like a behind the scenes documentary kind of chat and Phil's journey really as a filmmaker but also how it went from a short to a feature and now a series and then also talking to you know they want to 
almost like sort of not because showing types of film film skills and that so like just talking to different people's apartments and stuff like that and just a proper kind of all access behind the scenes documentary really and he asked me whether to do that and I was like fucking yeah <laughs> 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 oh nah you know I'm a bit busy you know I was like 100% yeah and I think a few hours later Phil phoned me up and he was like can you come in on Monday and we'll start Monday and because they were in pre-production at the time mm-hmm. in Manchester which was also great because obviously I live in Liverpool so it's not too far and then I just phoned me me T.O.P. Cameron Brown who I work with you shot pretty much everything I've done and I just said do you want to shoot this doc and he was like yeah 100% so it was kind of just me and him really and then we had I, I, I had Jordan the pre-production days me sound mixer Richards like he would say my sound mixer but he's a sound mixer who would know and be yeah. Do. but he came on and done a, f- a few days on sound and then tom griffiths who's like a close friend of mine and produces a lot of me work he came on a bit and done a bit of sounds and yeah that's how i kind of got involved with it but like that's basically what the documentary is about really it's just about the i feel like it's a lot about the creative process and the journey because it's not just it's not just phil that we focus on we focus on you know the actors like their storylines what they've got going on and then also the other the other director, Munya Achel, her name is, and she directed the last two episodes, I believe. So seeing her process as well, and you know the documentary kind of takes you on the journey through that pre-production to production, and then post. You know, you see them building the set, and you see you kind of see it all come together really. And we we wanted to shoot it in a very kind of like fly on the wall style. Mm. Didn't want to, you know, because you don't you don't the last thing you would want is like. A film set on top of another film set so for example once they started production we didn't have a boom mic or anything like that we just used a shotgun mic that was plugged into the camera because you know you, you don't you, we didn't want to turn up with a boom off and they to work and then the next minute big boom comes into the face you know what i mean so and we shot we shot mm-hmm. like long lenses as well so we could be like quite far away from the crew but you'd still see a lot going on intimately because we were on long lenses and whatnot. Yeah. Like, that's kind of it, really, yeah. That's kind of it, really. What That's incredible. <laughs> I don't, don't diminish it like that. I'm sitting here smiling away at this class. But, like, the, the BBC and the sort of production... What production company makes Boiling Point, actually? What's the name of their company? It's three of them, I think. It's um, There's made-up productions. There's Ascendant Fox, BBC Studios... Um, matriarch as well yeah, yeah. there's all loads of co-pros etc i was just yeah. curious did they all like kind of support you jack in making the docs you were you had a lot of guidance and stuff you weren't just like you know it, you and your mates were sort of almost doing it you're doing it professionally obviously like as a your own were you sort of your own production company when you were making it and stuff yeah well, yeah, well to be honest it was Stephen Hander and phil and bart and hester who were the other producers they basically yeah. if you like they commissioned the documentary you know because yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it, it's their free production company so like yeah, bart yeah. And they're, they're ascendant fox and then phil's has made up productions and then yes the and hannah is matriarch so they they were you know they were so supportive throughout it and you know just just helped us out throughout the whole thing really and yeah it's just, it's just nice because you know knowing them for a few years now so it's always nice that like you know they keep it in mind for stuff and that you know 
Yeah, but I think it also speaks to both of you for putting yourselves out there so much over the years and just by being nice guys and like getting involved and working hard, like that just shows you that people respond to that and, you know, it, they're not just championing you for the sake of it. It's like, you know, they people want to work with people they get on with and people that are hardworking as well as talented. So it's amazing that you both suddenly got to work together. I know we've been speaking for sort of over an hour now, so I'll slowly start to wrap things up, but I know you can't say too much about Boiling Point, but can you give us like the vague sort of premise of it? So is it continuing on for the film or is this its own retelling of the same story type thing no so it's it's set a few months after the end of the feature and then carly who was andy Souchef, is now i think at the, at the end of the film she says I, I need to take that other opportunity on and i need to do it so that opportunity is opening her own restaurant in london with many of the same kitchen crew returning front of house staff returning as well and it's her trying to navigate the like the cost of living crisis like trying to keep hungry dan as like entertained and like just just trying to make a go of it essentially but then there's obviously these, these new characters that come in as well and yeah it just it kind of tells this this story about like people in the service industry but it also touches on things like mental health uh, mm. physical health gender identity like it, it, a lot of all-encompassing themes like the throughout the throughout the series yeah amazing are you able to sort of briefly tell us about your character sean i know we again we can't go into too much detail on plotting anything but who do you play in the show so i play a new character called bolton who's a scouse meat chef he's got he's got standards of himself and he expects others to to maintain those standards but he likes to have a laugh as well uh, sometimes a bit too much and sometimes doesn't realize the impact of what he's actually saying to people but yeah he's um sometimes he goes a little bit too far as well but He's like essentially the um, the joker in the kitchen, I'd say. Yeah, I could see the concentration on your face there, trying to not give anything away, trying not to swear. <laughs> it's go exactly. I'm just, I'm just practicing, lad. I'm just practicing. Yeah, Jack, do you want to leak the whole show to me since you weren't in it? Technically, as an actor, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I'm of course kidding. But are you happy with the? Have you got? Have you? You've not seen it, yet, have you? Either of you? You're seeing it tomorrow for the first time, yeah? Yeah. yeah so like, I've only seen bits in ADR. That's pretty much it. I have seen like the the beginning, and yeah, it's 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 looking good. You know, like I know it's 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 quite dingy to say that about something you're involved in, but like, do you just see all these departments like working together in like this this like perfect synergy, like? It, it all just comes out on the screen and it's, it's just new and it's different but it's still in keeping with the style from the, sh- the short and the feature as well and yeah. I think if, if people did like the short and the feature then I think they're going to love the series as well people can't wait for it I think people are buzzing especially even with the bear and stuff and like people just love this genre at the moment it feels very in the zeitgeist like when I was at STV and I was working in development the amount of chef scripts I got through I'm like in my head I'm like right we got the bear Boiling Point's been out as a film. It's getting made as a series. We, there's like no room really at the moment for more chef dramas, but everyone was wanting to make a chef drama. So I think it's going to do really well. I think there's a real appetite for it. And I didn't even make, mean to make a pun there. Oh, I like that. I'm after Rob that one, Jamie, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, you can have that for the press too. If you plug, <laughs> just plug the podcast for me and you can. Yeah, of course. Like <laughs> do you both have a favourite day on set without, again, giving a spoiler away? And that my last question on the Boiling Point stuff. Yeah. Oh, George, I'm going to think now. It is ours, and it was also fucking give it away like but <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sound proper vague here okay there's a scene with a lot of the characters that was out of the kitchen that I really liked so I, that's all I'm gonna say because <laughs> I can feel the fucking snipers on me head at the minute <laughs> oh man 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been a red dot just appear on your chest there, you know. Oh, Stephen, yeah. Stephen, Stephen Graham's <laughs> gonna come into your room and just like cover your mouth. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sean, do you have a favorite moment? Obviously, being in the show as well will make it very even more special. I mean, not 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 to sound like it's a crap up, but I think going to to work every day with like that group of people, like that cast and that crew, it was just boss. Do you know what I mean? It was like if it, it, it felt like it didn't feel like it was work. It was just like you were getting together with a group of mates like every day and just just playing playing around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's not there's no like one specific thing I'd point to right now and go like, yeah, that was me. That was my favorite because I I just I thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience and. I've been saying to them in the, like, in the group chat there, like, I, I literally, I can't wait to see them all tomorrow. It's going to be boss because like, I think the last time we seen each other was all together. was, I think the final, either the final day of shooting or the rap party. I, I'm not really big on rap parties. I think I stayed for about 20 minutes and bailed. We haven't seen each other for, for months. And it's just, it's mad to think that we didn't all know each other. Well, a, lot, a lot of them obviously knew each other from, from doing the film and that, but it's mad to think that all of us as a group haven't known each other for like that long, but it feels like we've known each other for years. So yeah, as much cop out that answer is, but yeah, like it, the whole the whole thing was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, oh, that's amazing to hear. The crew screenings are always lovely. It's so weird, it is because you film it on, then it, it doesn't come out for like so long after. It's such yeah. a strange one because it's like feels like such a big chunk of your life. Then you move on, and then you're like, oh, this thing again. Yeah, um, yeah. it's been it's been like that with Screw the last few weeks. Like you've seen it on the telly, it's a magical feeling. So magic to see something like that. Yes, yeah, I've seen the reaction to that's been been amazing. It's it? been I mean, amazing. Yeah. Him. Bill Blackwood as well, who worked on my practices in that as well. Yeah, he's great. Just the loveliest fella. I love how he signs everything off with his like his initials and an X. Mm. Just the sweetest fella going. Yeah, I used to sit next to the production team in the office, and he was one of the kindest people to deal with with his travel and stuff. Just so generous yeah. and just a nice guy. Oh no, that's been it's been really nice. But just to quickly move on and wrap things up, I just wanted to ask, what are the plans for the future? Obviously, you're gonna try and make a feature together. That seems must be the next step. Like a with one that Sean's like a main character as well and not just like a 10 minute appearance no yeah like as you said at the start I mean I've got scripts written a few feature scripts like and I think it's just like getting the money really that's the hardest thing is like just mm. getting the money to make it but the, you know there's stuff there that we want to make and there's another short that we might be making towards the end of the year with a good quite good production company but I don't want to talk too much about that at the minute because I don't want to jinx it you know what I mean it's just like Sorry, save it, save it for the next podcast in a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was yeah, definitely. We could tell you about it then, but no, I mean, I guess you want one of them. You know, I want to work with them on everything that I do. If you have it, like you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. You have to pay me quote now, though, lads. <laughs> no, I'm taking a piss. <laughs> uh, what about you, Sean? Thank you for your answer, Jack. So, to be honest, I'm I'm actually saying it's like. If there was if there was a script where like with Jack and it wasn't the main person in it, like I, I, that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me. Do you know what I mean? Because there's there's a, there's a few things that we've talked about potentially doing where it is like a support and character, but but it's that thing again. Like I, ideally, I'd like to work with Jack a lot more, and I would work with him in like in any capacity and, and his crew as well because they're, they're all lovely and I think we've all just got like a bit of a shorthand together now because we've, we've done. A few bits together. So yeah, no, I I I'd love to crack on with some of the, the things we've got planned. And uh, as Jack said, it is just a case of, of raising the money for it as well. But I think if we did, like again, like the stuff Jack's done in the past, it's it'll be it'll be amazing. Yeah. And have you got any like acting gigs and stuff coming up soon? I know you won't be able to talk about some of it, but so not at the moment. I did literally a few days after I finished. Boiling Point, I've done a day on a feature called Midas Man, which is a biopic about uh, Epstein, the manager of the Beatles. And I was playing 
the compare the Cavern Club called Bob Waller. And I literally found out I got that job on the last day of Boiling Point, which was again, it's 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 just it's just been a mad year to be honest with you. Like it's been it's been proper mad, but I'm not sure when that's coming out to be honest with you. But from the the day that I was there, like I feel like they cast the Beatles like they so spot on. Like cause we made mm. done the casting for it, and it was weird. It was like that was proper surreal because they they built this like amazing recreation of the Cavern Club in this like. I don't know, it was like a big warehouse somewhere by, not far from Liverpool, but you walk in and it's like, you feel like you're there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's it's proper strange. But yeah, so I'm not sure when that's coming out. Boiling point to be out soon, unless you're listening to this and it's out right now. Mm-hmm. Then it's out right now. No, it's class. Well, fingers crossed. I'm sure we'll be seeing more of you. We'll be seeing you on our screens either now or very, very soon. So it's very exciting. Last question for you both before I let you get on with your nights. But obviously I asked you this last time, but two years on, what would your advice be to someone that wants to get into the creative industries in any role, but particularly the sort of things you guys both do? Honestly, I'd just say just go for it. I'd say go for it because if you don't, you'll spend all that time wondering what would happen if you did. So I'd just say just go for it, you know, and see if you like it. And yeah, I'd say that. Just just go for it. Shyla Buff, do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> see, the last time you said a similar answer, you you, you didn't you did like your five minute chat and then you were like at the end you're like reach the conclusion. This time you're like, I'm just gonna be simple and I'm just gonna keep it simple. I like that. Like your films. Yeah, just <laughs> go for it. That's the main thing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Sean? I think if, if it's if it's something you want to get into, I think as long as you've got a passion for it and you're aware that there is, there is going to be tons of rejection, as I say, not just with acting, it could be with writing or directing or, or certain types of crew jobs. If it is something you want to do, you will just keep going for it. I think my answer last time was keep going until you can't be asked anymore, but ignore that, just, just keep going again. Thank you. Listen, Sean and Jack, I wish you all the best at Boiling Point. I hope you get to enjoy the sort of screening tomorrow. Well done for the last two years, what you've been up to and for keeping plugging away and for coming back on. It's been so nice to have you back on. It feels so calm, as I said last time. I feel like, maybe we're just, are we all just not as funny anymore? Maybe that's it, I don't know, but it's been lovely to have you on and it's been a real pleasure to revisit your journeys and thank you for your honesty and for sort of talking to me about the last few years. It's been great. Thank you. Oh, it's been boss. I mean, I just want to have us back, mate. I've been, I've been saying for ages we should do this again and I'm just made that we've been able to, you know. No, yeah. The only thing it is, it's because we're not swearing as much. So <laughs> should we just, for the outro, should we just have loads of fucks? <laughs> That'd be it's funny. Fucking this lads. Fucking boss. <laughs> fucking sick, that lad. <laughs> Love it. Oh, what a place to end it on. Right, but thank you very fucking much, lads. Well, there you go. That was episode 115 of Just Get a Real Job. Thank you again to Sean and to Jack for coming back on the podcast. Loved chatting to them again. Really nice to see them getting on so well. Boiling Point is great. I've only seen the first episode so far, but really enjoyed it. Be sure to go and watch on the BBC iPlayer keep an eye out for the behind the scenes documentary as well I'm not sure when that's out but I'm looking forward to watching Jack's work too keep an eye out as always for their short films the Kate and Jake trailer is out now as well there's a link to that in the show notes I didn't mention that in the intro as always if you enjoyed this week's episode be sure to share it on social media follow us on Apple or Spotify wherever you listen to podcasts and yeah keep spreading the word etc also should have pointed out in the intro but we are going to be moving to a Wednesday going forward so normally we put our episodes out every Tuesday as I'm sure most of the regular listeners will know but going forward we're going to start putting them out on a Wednesday just to help our schedules basically me and Elliot love doing this but it does take up a lot of our time on top of full-time jobs and Elliot's just started a new course at university as well so we're just going to start putting this out on a Wednesday to make it easier for our schedules but we're going to keep putting out as consistently as we possibly can as well so it's not going to change much 
much still be some great conversations going on so thank you and yeah we'll be back next wednesday i nearly said next tuesday of habit but we'll be back next wednesday with another brilliant episode of just get a real job until then take care folks just get a real job